You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Sunday, Pastor King took us to heaven. Praise the Lord. And when it was concluded, he answered what 95% of people were saying. This is what he's always saying. Say yes and no apologies. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes, if you're going there, then you really need to be interested in what is happening. Amen. That is going to help you. They said our Lord Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, he had his eyes set. He said to the Father, the glory that I had with you before. He wasn't looking for the glory of men. He said, you seek honor amongst men, but I seek the honor that comes from only one. Praise the Lord. So the Christian must. In fact, we will never allow the devil belittle heaven to us in the name of Jesus. You see, because we're in a season of Christianity where heaven is like a distraction. Don't tell me about heaven. Tell me about empowerment. Tell me about liberation. Tell me about prosperity. Tell me about this or that. But it's all about heaven. The Apostle Paul says, if only in this world, if my Christianity has impact or effect only in this world, he says, I'm of all men the most pitiable or miserable. So we can never, you know, meditate or talk about heaven. In fact, just like every human being, nobody wants to be left behind. I'm not even talking about heaven now. Even in fashion, in news and all of that, that's why if you watch the news, there's always breaking news. They want to get your attention because you always want to find out what is happening. And if you look at Revelation 4 verse 1, there was something key that was said. They said, after these things I looked. And then the last part says, come up here and I will show you things which must take place when? After this. You need to know what is going to happen after this. Praise the Lord. After all this is said and done, after Buhari is gone, praise the Lord, after Russia and Ukraine and all that is going on, after what is going, what will replace what we are going through? That is what heaven is about, praise the Lord. And from that revelation, four to five, we began to see all the things that happened there. Tell somebody to, to your left and right, you will not miss heaven in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And then on Wednesday, uh, uh, our brother, Pastor Law, also began to now tell us what it took for us to be able to be invited to heaven. You know, our Lord Jesus speaking in John 14, verse 3 in particular, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And he made a statement there which, you know, has captured me ever since. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. Which means I'm not hyping you. Praise the Lord. I'm not saying it to make you feel good. I'm not trying to just encourage you. I'm telling you truth. It says, I go to prepare a place for you. And by implication, that statement means that this world where you are in is not prepared for you. Praise the Lord. So you might find out that your shoes won't fit. Things won't always work out the way you want. Why? Because it is not reserved for you. It's a place where you're coming to gain a testimony. Somebody said, I'll gain a testimony. So our part here is to gain, he said, by faith. 
the elders obtained a good report. So in this world, we live by faith. In heaven, we are not going to live by faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. In heaven, we will what? We'll walk by sight. But here, we walk by faith because this is not the place. Praise the Lord. So whatever challenge, whatever situation, whatever victory, whatever, pers- whatever area you find yourself in, just make sure you get a good testimony. That's what this world is about. Praise the Lord. That's what this word is about. It's just about a good testimony, a good report, so that when your story is written, it will say this one was a witness. Praise the Lord. So Pastor Lord reminded us how our Lord Jesus meticulously paid the price in full so that heaven can be ours. When our Lord Jesus Christ says, I go to prepare a place for you, he wasn't going to build mansions. He was his body that he was tearing down. So that access can be granted to us. So when I come down in the name of Jesus, I'm clothed in his righteousness. Praise the Lord, somebody. So he broke that body so that I, my humanity, can be swallowed up in his divinity. So when we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, when we pray like that, the moment you mention that name, the Father sees you as Jesus is the one praying. Praise the Lord, somebody. And he finished it. He took us to where he said, it is finished. That's John 19, 30. The master said, it is finished. And he bowed down. Praise the Lord. So, so with all this at our background, we can indeed say like Second Corinthians nine fifteen. You can put that on the screen. Where it says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Okay, and the living Bible will tell us what that gift is about or what it is. He says, thank God for his son. His gift to what? Wonderful for words. Thank God for his son. His gift to wonderful for words. And then two Sundays ago, we began to look at the woman, the Samaritan woman. And we saw her conversation with our Lord and Savior Jesus in John 4.10. Where our Lord said to her, after our Lord Jesus had asked her for water and she answered. In verse 10, our Lord Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and I don't know about you, maybe like Paul, I keep pressing on that I may know him, that I may know him. I know the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings. This is what the Christian journey is about. A dive into knowing the gift of God. Because it is that knowledge, it is that revelation that will determine how you live. It is the comprehension. I think two Sundays ago we said, if you know the gift, it will determine what you draw from the gift. Praise the Lord. The woman was there and she said, okay, is this that? My, let's analyze history. Let's analyze what your father said and what my father said. And the master said, no, that's not what I'm about. I'm about your soul. And he said, go call your husband. Immediately, the woman knew that this was a prophet. What made her know he was a prophet? Because it touched the thing that she wanted to hide most. The proof that you're in the presence of God is not that your body feels good. It's that something happens deep in your spirit. Praise the Lord, somebody. It's not your shout. It's your conviction. See, when the spirit comes, he will convict of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Anybody can move your body. Any loud sound can move your body. Ladies, you've been at the salon. You don't like those nonsense songs they sing, but... With the beats they have these days, you don't even have to think. You'll just be shaking like this. Am I right? I told you about the television advert. I've perfected mute now. Once I just call my mute, because the thing will just take you. You know, 
You know, it's computer that makes beats now. So they know what you respond to. They just put the beat. And without thinking, you're rocking. So you rock to the sound at the salon. You rock to the sound on television. And you rock to the sound at church. That's why for us, you know, in the music industry, we have to make sure we give people words to speak. Praise the Lord. Worship is not sound. Worship is words because he's a person. Praise the Lord. So worship is not complete until my spirit says something to him. Don't just come and tell me, Hale, 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 and then, why are you Haleing? You know, in the past, praise the Lord. In the past, if you see a hymn, you see a long line, which they call the stanza. Then you see two lines, chorus. But today, when they make songs, you see two line chorus and no stanza. And then we will carry it and now be singing it all the time. Then it will be a song that is raining. How can a song rain? It shouldn't rain. It's what you're doing with it. Praise the Lord. You must think, what are you saying? Go and look at the old hymns. Read it. You see, stanza, you see, just a little, they give you chorus. And then, because when you read the stanza, when you sing the stanza, you see the communication. Then the chorus is just to bring everybody together because as you're reading it, it's reminding me of where he picked me up. It's reminding this person of how he delivered him. And then when we say, what a great God you are, we all come in unity. Praise the Lord. The Lord will grant us help in Jesus' name. Okay, so so this morning, you know, I, I want us briefly to look at the supply. You know, we've had fuel supply issues, okay? And thank God that um, it's easing up. God answered our prayers. We prayed in our lunch, our fellowship, and we thank God that it's easing up. But as believers, the Bible says in Romans 6.23, please, you can put that for us. It says the wages of sin is what? Is death. I end death by the life I live, by the choices I make. I end death. But it says, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. That is the gospel message. Every man born into this world is carrying a judgment of death through Adam. Praise the Lord. That is what everyone, you know, of us deserves. And the interesting thing, you know, someone wrote, but it says, we were born sinners. You know, the psalmist said, in sin did my mother conceive me, okay? So we are born sinners. But you know what? Apart from being born sinners, we confirmed we are sinners by practice. Praise the Lord. Have you seen little children play their pranks? Who taught them that? So they were born into sin, but they confirmed it by practice. And then as they grow, they continue by choice. How do I know that we continue by choice? Because what you condemn in somebody, you do. So it's not ignorance. Some Sundays ago here, we said, what don't you like people doing to you, Right? You don't like people borrowing and not paying. How many of us like people to borrow money from them and never pay? People to do things and not apologize. People to like. Nobody likes that. But do we do it to people? Uh-huh. So we, by, we confirm that we know it's sin. So we're born into sin. Okay, We confirm it by practicing it. And we continue in it by choice. So it's not accidental. However, when the gift of God came, you know what happened? We were now born in God, we are born of the will of God, we are born of the Spirit. And by that birth, we are born in righteousness. Praise the Lord, somebody. Somebody should say, thank you, Jesus. What a marvelous birth, isn't it? John 1, 11 and 12. You can put that on the screen for us. He said he came to his own and his own did not receive him. 
He said, but as many as received him, to them he gave what? The right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. And then when you now go to John 3. Okay, let's do 16 and we go back. Now I'm talking about the man. He said, for God so what? Love the word that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever, anyone who believes in him is translated from that death birth. Praise the Lord. There was a deathbed. The one our mothers gave birth to us was a deathbed. We are born to death. But when we believe in him, what happens? He snatches us out of that and brings us into life. Praise the Lord, somebody. So we now are born into this new life and we become righteous by the new birth. So everybody who is born again is technically, legally, by divine power, righteous. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Now, however, the same way I practice sin to confirm I was born in sin. Also, when I'm born with this new birth, what should I do? I have to practice righteousness. So, John tells us that he that does not practice righteousness is not righteous. Hallelujah, somebody. Yes, I was born into righteousness. So, with a new birth, I'm born into righteousness. Okay, and then I go on confirming it by a practice of righteousness, and then I choose it all the time. So circumstances will come, okay, and the Bible says, Do not present your members instruments of unrighteousness to sin. So you know, ah, this thing is what I would have done, but I'm now born into righteousness. So I can't choose unrighteousness. So what do you do? You choose righteousness. As you do that, what is happening is that the old man is being, you know, mortified. And the new man is being enlivened. You're getting stronger in the new man. And after some time or as time goes on, you just find yourself getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Why? Because you are confirming that your righteousness by practice. And then you're establishing it by the choices you make daily. Somebody say, that will be my portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go back to now uh, uh, Romans. The gift of God, Romans 6.23. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Now, in this gift of God that has been given to us, just like uh, John 10.10, we read John 10.10, right? Have we read it? Okay, John 10.10 says the thief does not come but to what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But our Lord Jesus Christ says, I've come that you may have life and do what? And have it more abundantly now the truth is that this life that we have as christians is a marvelous life praise the lord my my recent experiences is where i now have compassion genuine compassion on people who don't have this life because i just see that i they are sick praise the lord and you see if if you understand that then you can begin to see where the apostle Paul was coming from, where he was saying and desiring that he wished even if he, he himself would be cut off, that his brothers and his brethren might, what, might come to know this Jesus. Because I don't know what um, uh, some TV preacher, I can't remember his name now, the one that makes people laugh. He said, what in hell do you want? Jesse Duplan, he said, what in hell do you want? When you understand the gift of God, you do understand? When you, when you fully comprehend the gift of God, what outside of it are you looking for? You see, the sweetness of sin is like licking your saliva and saying the soup is sweet. You know saliva has taste. 
No, no, sorry, not saliva, your sweat. Sorry, not saliva. It's sweat. You know, sometimes your sweat enters your mouth. Eh? And the thing is well salted. Am I right? Compare that to our fang soup. <laughs> do you understand? What in hell do you want? The Christian is too blessed. Praise the Lord. We're, we're too loaded. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Do you, do you know what it means? I've told us here that the reason Nigeria, and I don't know, I don't know the country that is winning. The reason alcohol, spirits, drugs, and all of that is selling so much is because men want to buy joy. Praise the Lord. Men want to buy joy. Men want to buy, you know, fulfillment. They can't get it. So they're paying. They're paying for, you know, for smoke. They're paying for drugs. They're paying for all kinds of things to get it. Men are looking for sex to get it. Women are looking for longer hair to get it. You know, uh, canopy. You know, there's this one they put in the eye now. I call it canopy. Lashes. Uh, sometimes when they put it, when the sun is shining, their eye is dark. Because things not allowing the sun to land. <laughs> I'm not looking at anybody, please. This is your father's house. Nobody can make you uncomfortable here. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Okay? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. You see, when we fully grasp the gift of God, I'm telling you, you will live a life that the world will come and tap you. You know that prophecy that says that they will come and hold on to your garment and say, lead us to your God. But because we've not fully comprehended and we are not drawing from the supply. Let me show you what the Apostle Paul says. Philippians uh, 1. And you can give to us from 12. Let's read it to 19, please. The Apostle Paul says, he says, But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, some also from goodwill. The former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my chains. But the letter out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel, what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice and will rejoice. Now look at this conclusion. It says, for I know that what this, what he went through was severe trials. But it says, this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. Like the spring sign, there is a supply that is given to every born again Christian. That no matter your circumstance and situation, you can never be dry. Praise the Lord. That is what the believer has. That is what our Lord Jesus Christ said when he said, I have come that you may have life. And have it. Can you put John 10 10 for us on the screen? I've come that you may have life and have that life one more abundantly. Give us any other translation, please. Just give us a, a thank you message. Yeah, it says a thief is only here to steal, is only there to steal, kill, and destroy. It says, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life, what than they ever dreamed of. This is talking about the Christian. In contrast to the unsaved person, the Christian has a supply. And incidentally and unfortunately, this supply is not physical. 
It's spiritual, but it manifests also physically. But primarily, it's spiritual. So the Bible says, you and I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing where in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. Okay? So the moment you become a born-again Christian, God saves you, and God does not allow you to struggle through life in austerity. Austerity of the spirit. He gives you the supply of his spirit. That word is what we call grace. Praise the Lord. You see, on Wednesday, when we're looking at what our Lord Jesus Christ went through, Pastor Lord rightly noted that if Jesus came to die for my sins, he came to die for our sins, he could have been killed by gunshot. He could have been killed by poison. He could have just been hung and died. But why did he have to go through being unclothed? You know, he was crucified naked. Praise the Lord. Why, why did they have to put the crown of thorns mocking him? Why did they have to pull his beard? Why did they have to spit on him? Why did they have to slap him? Why did they have to beat him with the cords, with bones and razors, you know, sharp things? You know, embedded in it. Why did he have to go through that? He went through all that so that the debt of the price he paid can sustain every need you have. So, am I, am I feeling lonely? You don't know what loneliness is. When you go and draw from the loneliness, the emptiness Jesus feels, when everyone forsook him, he allowed that to happen and he did not summon angels to come and encompass him. Why? So that in my own time of feeling lonely, like Valentine, some of you felt lonely. If you knew what you had in Christ, you would have drawn of the fellowship that he provided for you. Some people are whispering to themselves. It's all right, I should have preached this on Saturday before the Valentine. Okay, he went through all of that so that anywhere you are, you can draw of the supply of his grace. And even though nobody sent you a message, a card, or a flower, do Nigerians still send flowers? Send Richard, send fuel. Four liters of fuel is more valuable than any rose flower. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. So no, no matter what it is, the spirit of Christ can bring comfort. So even the apostle Paul says, all have forsaken me, but what? He said, God stood by me. I get in what we're talking about. That, that's the provision. But you see, if you're not aware of it, you may not draw from it. And if you don't draw from it, it will appear as if our father is not El Shaddai. The God we serve is multi-breasted. He's more than sufficient, beautiful in every what? Situation. Beautiful in every situation. I can tell you, child of God, that when we have this understanding, we'll just walk around our world as wonders. And you can laugh where there is no reason to laugh. People will be confused. How can you be laughing? You can have peace where there should be no basis for peace. Why? Because the spirit is supplying something to you. They are bringing from the outer world and importing it into this world. You know the craze now with the billionaires or the... I don't even know whether to call those who are billionaires. All those Jeff Beckers and the Tesla man. Are they billionaires? Eh? There are more than billionaires now. If you call a Tedela billionaire, call the, you call, you know, anyway, they, they craze with their too much money now. You know what they're trying to do? You, you know, they are worried. They want to go into the outer space to find resources to sustain here. 
Do you understand? Now the Christian already has that resource that they're going for. Every day they're looking. Why are they in Mars? Why are they going to the moon? Why are they doing all of that? They want to find something from there that will help life here. The born again Christian has something from there to help life here. Praise the Lord somebody. But if you're not aware of it, you will walk starving. You will walk thirsty. Hallelujah. The psalmist David understood it. He said, why are you so downcast, O my soul? He wasn't talking to anybody. He was talking to himself. He said, put your hope in God. Praise the Lord. When he came back from going to fight with the Philistines and returned to Ziklag, and the Amalekites had burnt the whole place, taking his wives and children and those of his soldiers captive, he looked around and all the soldiers did because they didn't have any resource to draw from. The soldiers said, well, this is where we are. Let's kill this man at least. Let's know that we have avenged somebody. Even though he's not the one who did it. And they took off stones to stone David. But what did the Bible say? It said David did what? He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. That is the supply of the spirit. The Christian knows that he can never be forsaken. He can never be abandoned. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you. This is the truth of Christianity. In any moment. But you see, you have to call him. You have to make a demand. You have to know it is there. And that's why you're learning this. So in the course of your life, in the course of the year, any situation you find, remember that you were preached to and said there is a supply. A supply of the spirit. To enable you to live this life. The truth is this, child of God. We learned here some time ago. That if not for the miraculous... And when I say miraculous, it's not show. If not for the miraculous, Christian life is impossible. Hallelujah. If not that God intervenes. Are you with me? If not that God comes in and, you know, overthrows matter and, you know, upturns the laws of science, Christian life will be impossible. How can somebody, I mean, I, I haven't even gotten up to that. How can someone say to you, if someone should ask you for your coat, you should give him your waistcoat as well. That means cold will kill you. Isn't it? If someone, you know, uh, uh, compels you to go a mile. He said go two miles. Compelling to go a mile means a mile is not easy. But he says if they compel you to go a mile, what should you do? He said draw from the supply and go two miles. I get him what I'm talking about. The Christian life is predicated on the supply of the spirit of god praise god in john chapter 1 verse 16 and 17 the bible talks you know talking of our lord jesus christ from 14 it says and the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth he said, John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Then 16 and 17 says, And of his fullness we have all what? Received and grace for grace. That is Christianity. The Christian has of the fullness of Christ. That's why he emptied himself. Hallelujah. That's why he was everything he had had to be taken away glory had to be taken away prestige has to be taken away righteousness had to be taken away that's why he could not speak and say a word because if he made one defense he will reduce the claim that i can claim praise the lord if he defended himself if he just answered one thing it will reduce the allowance that i have 
But he kept his mouth shut so that even if all you can say is Jesus, something will happen. Somebody shout hallelujah. That's what he did. Of his fullness. So the Christian is living, you know, myself and Momchi, we traveled to, to, to Enugu last weekend. And we went with money to cover some expenses. We came back with the money. You know why? I went to my father's house. My brother's food, I don't even know how much the food I ate cost. The car I used, I say, let me put for I say, don't worry. We wanted to travel. They arranged car hire. They say, don't worry. Up to the fact that we came back with 75 in television. Because you see, when your father, when your family has something, you can just be drawing. In Christ, you are blessed. Is somebody hearing me? You can draw. It says, of his fullness. Of his fullness we have received. Grace after grace. Can, can we see that in message, please? You draw this grace. And tomorrow you draw this grace. The, you know, that that's why the Bible says, if any man lacks wisdom, he said, let him ask of the Father. Who gives liberally? He upbraided not. You know what? He has too much. The man who is upbraiding is scared. You will soon finish my wisdom. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Of his fullness, we have received what grace. Let's see what is, how he says it. He said, we all live off his generous bounty, gift after gift after gift. And how do you access that gift, child of God? Somebody's by asking. As you're in church today, and, and that's what I, I marvel at, you know, some believers. When you hear something, immediately say, it's not possible. How, how can I do it? You've not even asked for help to do it. Praise the Lord. We have to learn the scriptures and learn the lessons of scripture. They met a lady. They met a young girl, not even a lady. They met a teenager and said to her, you're going to bring forth the son of God. And she didn't say, no, no, no. Ah, impossible. She didn't do that. What did she say? She said, how, how, how is this going to work out? I don't know, man, what's the new way? And they said, the new way is that. And this way is that what? The power of the Most High will do it. Will overshadow. Of the supply of the Spirit. Will overshadow you. And you bring forth something. So, whatever you hear, whatever circumstance life throws at you, as a Christian, you fall on your knees and say, Father, I know you make a way. How are we coming out of this? Sometimes you say, just sing. Sometimes you say, just keep quiet. Sometimes you say, go and boast. Sometimes you say, ignore what they're saying. Isn't that what he said to Jairus? They came to Jairus and said, Jairus, don't bother the master again. Your daughter is dead. Jairus had faith for the healing of the daughter and went to bring the master on his way because of the delays and other things that happened. The girl died and good-willed family members, friends and family, came and met Jairus and said, Jairus, at this point, don't trouble the master because we don't need a doctor again. What we need is the multitudes to help, you know, bury this girl. What did Jesus answer? Immediately Jesus heard it. He said, do not be afraid. Only believe. That's what he's saying to somebody today. Praise the Lord. He said, do not be afraid. Why? Because he's enough. He's enough. He heals and he raises from the dead. Somebody's situation has gotten to the point where it's as though Jesus is late. But read the Bible and tell me where he came late. He's never late. The songwriter sang and says, even in the grave, Jesus is what? He's Lord. And they gave us a sample of that. The prophet Elisha, buried, 
decayed to the point that it was his bones. And they threw a dead man. And the body of the dead man contacted the bones of a, he's not rotting now, decayed, dry prophet. And because the word of God had promised him, you walk in double portion of your master's anointing. From the grave, the anointing quickened the dead man. And the moment they threw him, I wonder what would have been the experience of those soldiers that threw him in. <laughs> they threw the man in, the man jumped out. They say he should have told us you were joking. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You see, I just want to wake us up. Because as I was listening to, to the message on Wednesday, I was just saying, if I were Jesus, many of us have staff, children, that you send on errand. You don't want to give somebody 10,000 naira to go and buy you peanuts, granuts. And the person buy quickie, quickie, granite. Will you be happy? The price he paid is that you may walk in authority. That you may walk in power. Jesus doesn't want to see Christians bending their necks. Will they go through difficulties? They'll go through difficulties. But he says, count it all joy. How can I count it all joy? Let, let me show you a scripture. You see, the things of the kingdom, or rather the kingdom of God, is a marvel. Is a wonder. And when, when you see people who have seen that is a wonder, you can, you can tell when you look at them that these people know that there is something. Praise the Lord. You can tell. You just know that these people have encountered something. When you see people who are at the level where Christianity to them is no difference from a business school you know, alumni, you can also tell. Because for those people, you can almost explain every experience in their lives. I was too blessed on Wednesday when I saw the turnout. I said, yes, these people know God. Because see, with the way the first casting was going, some people said it was the worst first casting ever. They were not here during our bachelor times. You know, when children come up and are just making statements, they don't know what the elders saw. Praise the Lord. How many people have started storing fuel in their houses now? Nobody's doing that. In those days, the first casting was so much that every house became a gas station. How many of you uh, drew fuel from car? How many of you were your foil, uh, foil stolen? Uh, those days you pack and come. You see somebody drawing foil. <laughs> so it wasn't the worst. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But I mean it was serious. But w- when I saw people who came, I said these people counted. Come. They could have joined online. There's nothing wrong with online. But it's not the same. So these people knew the value of fellowship. And then to just bless me more. After the same service, somebody met me. And you know how it is. Most times, you know, 80%, let's say maybe 70% of the people that meet the pastor after service, unfortunately, are not talking anything spiritual. They want food. They want transport. They just want one thing or the other. So, after service, somebody met me. And to my surprise, this guy's problem was that he's, they're slowing him. He wants to serve God. He wants to join the joy force and telling him he has to wait six months. He can't understand, pastor, why? I said, thank God for the kingdom of God is here. You see, when you see people who comprehend the kingdom, their choices are inexplainable. Our Lord Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, he said the one that is born of the spirit is like the wind. He said just like the wind, it blows, but you don't know where it's coming from. And you don't know where it's going to. You know what he said? He said you can't say cause and effect. For the natural mind can only say cause and effect. When he's happy, you know something happened. When he's sad, you know something was done to him. 
But the spiritual man can be sad. Nothing was done to him. Just remembering Leah Sharibu, you can be depressed in the spirit. And say, why? Just like Nehemiah. Nehemiah didn't lose his position. He didn't lose contract. He didn't lose favor before the king. But when he heard about the gate of Jerusalem, his countenance went sad. Because he was a spiritual man. The things happening in the spirit was the thing that was manifesting in his body. When you also see a spiritual man happy, he can glory in tribulation. You slap him, he starts jumping. That's what the disciples did. When they were beaten, they returned to their company and rejoiced and said, hallelujah, finally. It's only a lot that they will beat. Now they've beaten me, I know I'm on the same side with it. You know what the Bible says? Blessed are you who are persecuted for righteousness. It said for theirs is what? The king. It's proof that you are of the kingdom. Because if they hail you and beat your master, then obviously you're not on the same team. So the kingdom person that understands this, his desires are different. His responses are different. His stimulus are different. He, he doesn't judge by sight. He walks by faith. Let me show you an interesting passage, you know, a, a statement in the Bible verse, not that, that I saw some time ago. We've looked at it here, you know, in detail some other time. But let's look at it again here. In 2 Corinthians 8, verse 1 and 2, talking about the grace of God, what I want to pick out here is what the grace can do. The marvels of grace, the marvels of the kingdom. It says, moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. So the grace of God. Let me say the grace of God. Okay, just leave verse 2 only for us now. Let's see what grace does now. It says, these people, that in a great trial of affliction. Hold on. What do you see there? If they say that in affliction... What do you see? Affliction. Then he said, trial of what? Affliction. Then he said, great trial what? Of affliction. Now, what's the next one? He said, the abundance of their joy. It takes a man that has supply of the spirit to match abundance of joy with affliction. Those are the things kingdom does. He said, the abundance of their joy. How can I have abounding joy in great trial? It's because I am born again. Hello? It's because I'm born again. So, somebody is not there, you know, feeling bad. And, you know, self-pity. And pity-patting. And, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Do, do you have Jesus? The songwriter sang and says, oh, what a wonderful, wonderful day. They I will never forget. After I wondered in darkness, I will. Jesus, my Savior, amen. You see, when you meet Jesus, child of God, whether it's material, whether it's spiritual, whether he just solves every problem. He solves every problem. He's the light of the world. He's the bread of life. He's the living water. He solves every problem. That's what disciple had. That was what grace did. Try of affliction. The grace did not take away the affliction. The grace gave them joy in the affliction. In fact, history has it that a lot of these soldiers who were used to crucify and to um, kill, to matter the early saints, became Christians. How did it happen? You're setting a man on fire and he's praying for you. And he's singing hymns. And he's singing praises. They, they didn't understand that. What they know is that you're killing a criminal. He'll be cursing. He'll be insulting everybody. But these people are making intercessions. They're praying. 
So the soldiers will go home and their heads cannot wrap around what they saw. And then they will come to discover the same Jesus. And they will see that he's a wonder. Somebody say he's a wonder. He's a wonder. He's a wonder. You see that he's a wonder. Okay. So great travel affliction, abundance of joy. Look at the second part. He didn't stop there. He said they are deep poverty. Let me hear you say deep poverty. This in Igbo is called Owu Ite. That is the poverty that are <laughs> Hey, what's it in Yoruba? You know, means creditors don't even want him because if you go to harass him for what is on you, the depth of his poverty will make you give you from the one. <laughs> deep poverty. That's where they were. But look at the next line. In their deep poverty, what do we see? He said they abounded in the riches of their liberality. So when, when, when we begin to talk of people paying tithe here, I told you here. Now tithe is not necessary. The apostle Paul didn't teach tithe. Peter didn't teach tithe. None of them touched, taught, taught tithe. When our Lord Jesus Christ mentioned tithe, he said this you ought to do without leaving the others undone. Because he was talking to the Pharisees. But for the new birth Christian... Who Jesus has become Lord of all. This new bed Christian is supposed to say to the master, what would you have me do with this money that you have given me? Sometimes the master will say to you, take it and go to the moon. Abi? Some other time when I say, take it and what? Give all of it to the work of God. It doesn't matter. But that you can say you love Jesus and it's not touching your money. I, let me, please, one husband here, encourage me. You have a wife that never tells you about money. Whether you bring money or not, the atmosphere in the house is the same. Does that kind of environment exist? It doesn't exist. Ain't no romance without. Is that true? So how, how can you be in love with Jesus and your money is not uh, commensurate? Some people, the type of money we give to God's work and to God, if they measure it with what we have, it will be like your wife giving you Gary soaked for three days. That's the only thing he can buy for you. But you see, God being merciful, he keeps being patient that somebody will wake up in the name of Jesus. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is that liberality is not according to money. It's the supply of the Spirit. You see, the reason I withhold how many of us didn't go to some places we wanted to go to during the week because we're trying to conserve well? Now, when there's scarcity, we conserve. When there's abundance, we release. The simple fact is this. The more a man sees God backing him up, the more a man is generous. The more a man thinks this is the best I will ever be, the more a man will be mean and tight-fisted. But if a man knows that this thing that is coming in, that more is going to come, and more will come, and more will come. The same way the man will open up his hand. That's what happened here. These people were in deep poverty, but somehow they knew that's not the end of their story. So they abounded in riches of their liberality. They could be generous to the church in Jerusalem. Why? Because they knew that it's a season. And the Bible says, he that sows in tears shall reap what? In joy. They knew it was a sowing season. No farmer putting his crop on the ground is saying, ah, this ground is eating my crop. No. When they do it, what do they do? They look forward to the harvest. That's what the kingdom does. When, when a man 
has the supply of the spirit. When people offend you, you see, if you know that God has forgiven you, if you know that God, you will need his forgiveness tomorrow, you will not hold on to a brother. How, come, how will you hold on to him? You need to be held on to. You need the mercy of God to hold you. How can you in condemnation and in pay? You must pay for this. You must pay for this. You, you don't do that. The simple explanation here is this. If you have for your vehicle comprehensive insurance and somebody runs into your vehicle, do you get down and fight? Why don't you fight? Because what? The insurance got you covered. Now, spiritually, you have insurance. So when you see people calling for their enemies to fall down and die, they don't have spiritual insurance. Because you see, if you have this covenant, God says, leave vengeance to me. What you should do is pray for your enemies. So if you see the Christian turning from interceding from his enemies, especially, you know, family members and fellow Christians, how can you be calling them to die when Jesus said you should bless them? Because he has you covered. Do you understand what I'm saying? It means such a person does not have the supply of the spirit. Because when you have the supply of the spirit, it's going to put you in a place of comfort where you know the father is watching. He knows everything you're going through. So your occupation is to dispense. The occupation of the Christian is to be dispensers of the grace of God, of the goodness of God, of the kindness of God. Everywhere you go, you're telling men, how good God is. Why? Because the goodness of God is running after you. I get it. That's what it is. You know his mercy. You know his kindness. You know what he has done for you. You know his ability to quit, to turn the life of a man around. You know, bring you out of living, you know, like a criminal, like a crook and all of that. And just set your feet on solid ground. You know that. So when you look at another person also, you don't judge the person where he is. Because you know the same God is merciful towards all. So what you do is find the every, you know, you look for every means possible to communicate the love of God, the truth of God, the mercy of God, the gift of God. The truth is this, if, they, if anybody knew better, he would behave better. Do you know that? You know, as I was you know, listening to the message last Sunday, I just said, if only the world, if there was a way we could show the whole world heaven, it would be a better place. If every time unbelievers entered into church, you know, we compel them. You know, if you go to Israel, anybody that has gone to Israel, they must take you through that, um, the Holocaust Museum. You know, whatever thing you're doing, whether religious, they just find a way of taking you there. Because it's a core, it's part of their history. When you see that, then you understand them. And that also helps them because if you go to Israel, you'll find out that 16-year-old girls here who will be playing what? And, you know, is it what? Or, Oga? You know? How many of us know which one is Oga? Okay. Tete, whatever. You know, 16-year-old girls who will be playing Tete, they are carrying solid machine guns guarding you know facilities you know why they know where they are coming from so never again when you know where you're coming from when you know what has happened at the back that's what the cross should do for us that's what the message of the cross when we see all that jesus paid i do not you should not we should not allow one soul miss of the benefit and the best thing is that he can carry everyone through the grace of god is enough it says and of his fullness we have received grace. They give you, say it's not enough. You say, my own, eh? my own is women. Once I see women, I go crazy. They'll give you the type of grace. 
You know, I read a story about a man that had that type of problem. And one day he prayed sincerely, you know, that God should just deliver him. He had an accident and the two legs were paralyzed. And he was in the hospital. So he started seeing beautiful nurses. He would see them. <laughs> God can help you if you want to be helped. Some say, no, I don't want that type of help. You're not ready for help. If you really want to be helped, God can help you. I can't remember, but I think he was healed later. He was the one telling. When he was not healed, he knew that he didn't really want to stop. He now stopped. Because he knew that they can help you. If you, that type of help. Okay? So he said, I can't help. You know, when, whenever my wife talks, I'll beat. I'll, I just don't know when I slap. They can help you. <laughs> oh, they can help you. They can help you. They can give your wife supersonic strength. The time you slap, she'll duck like this and give you one that. <laughs> Next time when you want to slap, you say, I don't know. You know, you know how people have a <laughs> Our people have a saying that when, when a chicken starts pursuing you in the morning, what should you do? He says you should run. You don't know whether he has grown teeth overnight. So they can help you in different ways. Do you understand? There is nobody that can be helped if you're serious. And that's what Christianity is about. It's about weak people. Didn't the apostle Paul tell us? He went to the Lord Jesus. Said, take this thing, take this thing. He said, don't worry. For my strength is what? Made perfect in your weaknesses. He does not abandon us in our weakness. He comes in with us. And for the call and the purposes of God in our lives. What better assurance to know? That it does not depend on us. God said to Gideon. He said the people that are with you are too many for me to what? Give the victory. In other words, child of God. For the year 2022. For your business. For your career. For every goal that is set before you. You don't need more of anything. You only need more of a supply. Gideon had 20 something thousand men. Going against about half a million men. And God didn't say, let's get you more men. God said, let's get you to trust me more. What you and I need is to trust the supply of grace. To trust the one who makes a way where there is no way. Child of God, you see, oh Lord have mercy. It's a shame on our generation and especially the church. And thank God I'm not a big pastor. Thank God I'm a small pastor. But on those of us, you know, even me as well, that make noise. It's a shame that in our time, ritual killing and, you know, all illegal ways of making money is becoming more popular. It means people think it's working. And it means people are making money to go. That's where the real problem is. Because it means that making money is all there is. You know, I think it was, was it 50 cents that said, get rich or die? Die trying. So it means that's the philosophy in our time. And that is the time we have churches everywhere. That is the time, you know, we are everywhere. It means something is wrong. We are not communicating something right. The number one thing is that it's not money that you need. What you need is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. Because money is a means to an end. Yes, somebody will say, but money answered all things. Yes, money will buy you bed. But come and try sleep. Praise the Lord. Oh, money buy, buy you food. But come and try appetite. Praise the Lord. Money will build you big fences, electric wire fences. But come and try peace. They won't give you that. It is so deep that our Lord Jesus Christ said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. There is something that we have that the world doesn't have. But we are not communicating it. We shouldn't be in a society and people are killing to make money. Why should they kill to make money? Come to Jesus. 
He will make you whole. He will give you blessings that are eternal. He'll give you blessings now and blessings forever. Praise the Lord. He will bring you acceptance. It's because it, it, even, even amongst us that are the enlightened, the born again people, we still discriminate against the poor. So people think they have to be rich to be accepted. And you know, I don't want to talk to the ladies, maybe the parents of the ladies. Listen, if a man comes to marry a girl and the man is not a gold digger, he doesn't have to be rich. You know, I, I read something, you know, some of these things that you read that are stupid but make sense. Does, does it make sense what I said? Stupid but makes sense. So the men were complaining, a few of us may have read it. The men were complaining that if they tell a poor man, a broke man, that he should keep to himself and not go and look for a woman to marry all of that. So you're also saying to the billionaire man that he should get multiple women if the woman is a function of the money. So if a sister says, I can't marry you because you're broke, you're saying to the rich brother, you can marry seven. Because the more money you have, see the way Mary shook her head. Don't try it, Emma. I will kill you. That's what she just said now. I, interpretation of, of moves. <laughs> Isn't it mathematical? Broke man equals to no woman. Billionaire man equals to... That's what society is teaching. And the church is not helping. So people do marriage conferences now. And all they have to say to men is, men, you have to have this, have this before you get married. Ask them, when their fathers married, how many did they have? You marry for love, you marry for respect, you marry for value. As long as the brother is not a gold digger. Besides, who told you his tomorrow? Besides, the one who has money, who told you how he made the money? We have overvalued money. That's the problem. And the church is not putting it right. So we celebrate wealth or riches, not asking the value. I don't want to talk about some rich man, you know, that I was discussing. But when you get close to some of these rich men, you pity them. Unless wealth is gained by righteousness, it's nothing. So for the Christian listening to me, you are too supported. That's the message I've come to bring to you. Jesus Christ has paid the price. He's backing you up. Is it intellectual challenge? He will back you up. Praise the Lord. When Daniel and his friends said, we are not going to defile ourselves with the king's delicacies. The king's delicacies was to make the people king-like. Praise the Lord. There's some food that you eat that helps your memory, isn't it? That, that's why some of us didn't make first class because then by the time we blow our money, it's yam, the only yam that we'll be eating during the exam. You know, we eat, we have, we eat the best of our food, you know, early in the time when we're doing guy. Then when it's exam time, the money has finished. Eh? They put, put yam, two large, you know, this thing, and then drop something in the middle. When you read it, your brain won't be working. Your, <laughs> your brain will be overheating. <laughs> okay? So Daniel them said, no, we're not going to eat it. And when heaven saw that these men were trusting, when God saw these men, these young boys were trusting him, what did he do? He gave them a supply of the spirit. So that the Bible says, when tested, they were found what? Ten times better. We can't emphasize this, you know. This is the local language. It's like they're taking you from here to China. And then after three years, they test you with Chinese. You can speak idioms and, you know, Chinese. Pronounce it better than them. It takes the anointing. 
all I've come to say to you today is that it's available to you. In your business, it's available. In your career, it's available. In your Christian life, it's available. Yes, it is true. This thing works. Praise the Lord. There is a supply of the Spirit and of His fullness. We have all received grace. Yesterday's grace. You need grace today. He gives grace again. Tomorrow, He gives grace. Next tomorrow, He gives grace. Driving, He gives grace. Speaking, he gives grace. The assignment they give you at school, he gives grace. The challenge that is coming to you, he gives grace. In your difficulty, he gives grace. Whatever it is, let's rise on our feet. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the supply. Thank you. Let's just begin to thank him. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online dot org. God bless you.